Welcome to the Pylon Pylon, college football scores, predictions, and analysis from regular fans of the game. Welcome, college football fans. Welcome back to the Pylon Pylon uh, weekly college football podcast. We sit around and talk about college football. We are no more qualified than you are to be talking about it, but we're we're sitting around talking about it anyway. We figured why not uh, why not record the conversation and let other people tell us how right or wrong we are. Um, wild week one, which we're going to get to a fun week one, which we're going to get to in a second. Uh, be sure to follow the Pylon Pylon on Instagram. Um, and again, uh, we'll be posting things throughout the weekend as, as things are happening. Um, and uh, be sure to uh, to subscribe to this podcast on any of your favorite podcast avenues. My name is Will, and I'm here with my esteemed co-hosts, Aiden and Brady. Fellas, how are you? Uh, I'm all right. How about you? <laughs> you? You both sound so enthusiastic. Uh, to be here, um, but it's a it's a Wednesday night, middle of the week, short week, and uh, one of the nice things about the first full week, I, I think we still call it week one because there were games the previous weekend, but the the fun thing about this week one of college football was how spread out it was. Like there were games starting last Wednesday, all the way through Sunday. Monday night. Yeah, so it was awesome. It was just, there were games all the time. Um, so we didn't have to cram all the good games into, into one day. Um, so it was really nice. Um, let's talk about some of the games that happened because it was actually, I think most people think of college football kickoff, at least the week one being kind of boring most of the time. This was a really good weekend of games, good matchups. Um, yeah. And obviously the big one was, Georgia and Clemson playing in the Duke's Mayo classic. Um, and did you guys see that dude that we were joking about what do they do at the Duke's Mayo classic? Like, do they give away jars of mayonnaise? But there was a guy on college game day that like drenched himself in Mayo. That's disgusting. The Mayo spirit. It's the, (laughs) it was a guy that drenched himself in Mayo and it was like at 11 o'clock in the morning. And the game was not until 7.30 that night, right? It was a night game. Thinking. Surely they had something for him to clean up with because, yeah, not only would you drench, he rubbed mayo all over his body, which is disgusting in the southern heat in September. But, yeah, surely he didn't just sit, sit out there, like, just wipe it off with a dry cloth. Anyway, it was a great game. Georgia, Clemson. Um, a little bit different than I think most people thought it was going to play out in terms of maybe not necessarily the outcome, but just to how low scoring it was. Brady, what, what was your what were your initial thoughts? I mean, it was a fun game to watch. But. Um, well, in the opening quarter, neither team scored. Um, it was a pretty slow starting game. It was a defensive game, pretty much the whole game. There was sacks from Georgia, like play after play. They're pressure, pressure, pressuring DJ, who this is his. It's not his first start, but it's his first start against a a big, you know, a top, a top, a top college. And I mean, he didn't play that well. I mean, he was 19 for 37. He had zero touchdowns and interception. I mean, Clemson didn't have a touchdown that whole game. 
And thinking about this, thinking about that a year ago where Clemson was, you know, rolling an offense with Trevor Lawrence, you have some questions for Clemson's offense. And, you know, although Georgia only scored 10, at least JT Daniels, he looked pretty good. He was pretty accurate. Um, and I thought Georgia looked really, really good, especially defensively. So I thought it was a really good defensive game. Clemson had like nothing going on offense. Like there was just nothing happening for them. It was, um, and, and I guess, you know, again, neither to your point, Georgia didn't have much either, but Georgia at least looked competent at times on offense. And I never got the sense from, from Clemson. Another great game on Saturday was Penn state in Wisconsin, which we actually switched off this game for a little bit because it just seemed kind of boring, but it was so good. Right. I mean, like, yeah, it was, it was a defensive, like old school, big 10 football kind of game. Right. Yeah. I don't, um, I don't know if boring is the right word. Cause it was, it was, it was entertaining. It just wasn't like very exciting. But it certainly got exciting towards the end because it oh, felt yeah. like it could be anybody's game. Like it was That's totally, crazy. totally anybody's game up for grabs. There were missed kicks left and right. I mean, I think Wisconsin's kicker missed two, at least two. Penn State's kicker missed one. Um, Penn State ended up pulling off the upset in Madison by by six. But uh, Brady, what's your analysis on either of these teams? I mean, is is there anything you can tell coming out of this game for these two? I mean, last year, Penn State was um, really disappointing. I mean, two years ago, we were talking about Penn State as a top 10 team in the country. And last year, they were out of the top 25. Um, but um, the the defense, it looked great. I mean, um, they, they got the win, um, and it was all because of their defense. I mean, coming into this game, uh, not a lot of people really thought Penn State was going to be that this good of a team. I mean, Wisconsin's really good. I mean, last year, Wisconsin was top 25. They're expected to be a top 25 team this year as well. Um, even though it was a defensive game, uh, we saw Sean Clifford um, go 18 for uh, 33 with 247 yards and a touchdown. He was, although he was, you know, he had some good throws. I mean, there was there was some times where he threw some deep balls and it, it looked great. Um, and Wisconsin, I mean, their quarterback, uh, Mertz, he didn't have a great game, although he had 185 yards. He had two interceptions, and um, they could really couldn't get anything going offensively. It kind of just, although it was anyone's game, it kind of just seemed like Penn State was the better team, honestly, um, in that game. Yeah, they certainly came out in the second half and were throwing it a lot more. I think they realized, like, we can go for some deeper plays, and they were picking on that one that one corner, I remember. Uh, they just kept safety back there. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, they just, they just kept going back to him and he never got any better. um, uh, The person who was getting picked on um, in Wisconsin was uh, number nine. His name is Scott Nelson. Um, And he, he's not known for being that great. So they're picking on him, especially on the deep balls and a couple of plays. It was the same wide receiver safety matchup and, he just he looked confused out there. He did not look like he fit in. Yeah, yeah. he did, he he definitely didn't. Definitely didn't. Um, a game I fell asleep for the end of because it looked like a team was pulling away. Notre Dame at Florida State. 
by the way, great atmosphere, great atmosphere in Madison uh, for that game, really fun atmospheres all over the country, but Notre Dame, Florida state was like the, the, this was the Sunday game. Um, the only game going on uh, lively atmosphere, Florida state. And it kind of looked early on, like it, the first drive, like Notre Dame was going to be running away with it. They just looked bigger, but Florida state was actually really tough and pulled off some really great plays, but uh, Notre Dame started to pull away. And that's when your boy fell asleep. And I just assumed, you know, Notre Dame was starting to win. I think at that point by 10 or maybe even more than that. And so I was like, well, it's over. And uh, I woke up to you two talking about it the next day. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on this game? Um, I watched pretty much the whole game. Their starting quarterback for Florida State, Jordan Travis, um, he kept them in the game in the first half, but he didn't necessarily look phenomenal. Um, on other um, the other side, Notre Dame, Jack Cohn, um, he was actually he was actually really really good. He looked really sharp. Twenty six for thirty five, um, three hundred sixty six yards, four touchdowns, and an interception. Uh, offensively, Notre Dame was great, and Notre Dame was actually usually known for having a pretty great defense. Um, Jordan Travis, he was able to get a couple touchdowns in. And when Jordan Travis' um, helmet fell off, they have to put in their backup quarterback. He has to take their quarterback out for a play. So a person who hasn't played a snap in two years since he was at UCF when they were undefeated, Mackenzie Milton, um, he comes in and he throws a 15, 20-yard pass in the one play, and they just keep him out there, and he keeps rolling and brings Florida State back into this game. I mean, it was a great game. Uh, Florida State – they lost. They they still had a chance to win that game. They they missed a thirty five yard field goal, um, but it was a really impressive game from Florida State. I think they're showing that you know they still have the toughness and, and they're ready to come back and maybe be a top twenty five team sometime soon. Aiden, anything you can read off of these two games for either team? I mean, is Notre Dame overrated? Is Florida State back and just underrated? Should McKenzie? Milton start. I mean, Brady was Brady was singing that guy's praises at the beginning of the game. And so I know he was happy to see him in there, but anything you can read from that? Aid? Uh, I think that Notre Dame did play a, a pretty good game. Uh, you know, obviously it wasn't their best game, but I also think that FSU was playing uh, really good, especially towards the end. Uh, Mackenzie Milton obviously did have a, a very uh, good game for his first snap back in you know what two years uh but the notre dame offense and defense honestly looked pretty impressive michael meyer uh the tight end for notre dame had uh he was having a a pretty good game he's a big guy out there uh there was one play where he missed a wide open catch that that could have changed the course of the game but obviously got that early touchdown and then yeah jack cone you know I said that Ian Book was replaceable. I, I, I don't think I was right. Uh, I think Jack Cohn is not on the level of Ian Book, but I did think that uh, you know played an all right game. Yeah, I thought he actually looked. I mean, he looked in control for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was an entertaining game. There were a lot of entertaining games over the weekend and some surprises. Um, you know, UNC lost to Virginia Tech. That was that was. Uh, for me, awesome to see. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned last week on the podcast thinking UNC was completely overrated. Um, and 
Virginia Tech thankfully proved that for me. Duke lost to Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte gets their first ever win over a Power Five team. Um, so that's a that was a big deal down in Charlotte. Um, you know, West Virginia, Maryland played a barn burner. There were a few not surprises either, like Alabama completely manhandled Miami. Like it wasn't even going to be. I thought it was going to be at least a more exciting game than it was. It was awful as a fan to watch. Like, is anybody on the level of Alabama? And I'm including Georgia in this conversation. Like, is anybody at the level or is it Alabama? And then everybody else is just so far away from them. Listen, um, there's, in my opinion, a team like Georgia. If you compare Georgia and Alabama's defenses, I think you can make a case Georgia's a better defense. Alabama, but Alabama is just such a well-balanced team. They're good in every position, in every side of the ball. They've got a great offense, a great defense, a great special teams, and that what is what makes them because every every side of the ball is a stronghold. So I don't I don't know. Right now, it looks like Alabama's you know Alabama. I mean, they're just they're just good everywhere. And for the casual fan like me, seeing Clemson lose. Um, Seeing Oklahoma almost lose to Tulane, they had to relocate that game because of the hurricane. Tulane almost pulled it out. They were within a couple yards of a first down that we kept their last drive going. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of like a lot of people sick of seeing the same names, but also resigned to the fact that like Alabama is just they're a beast. They're they're like the Patriots uh, were in the NFL. Like they're just always going to be at the top of the pile, um, and you know, maybe somebody else can knock them off, but it's it's a tall task. They look so good. Um, yeah, it's an NFL team. They do. They really do. Uh, one other game before we move on to uh, some uniform discussion. Uh, our beloved Pirates on Thursday night opened up. Uh, they opened up the Duke's Mayo Classic in Charlotte against Appalachian State and. Um, and yeah, is there anything positive we as pirate fans can say about about this game? I can say one thing. Um, running back Keaton Mitchell um, was actually named the fastest player of the week. He had the fastest play of the week. Um, Holton Aylers did not look bad. It's just, although we only let him score 33, which only is a bit of a stretch, but the defense just did not look good. And the offense just couldn't get, get there in key all the um in in like key times of the game, although there was a play near the end of the half, which was questionably a touchdown. Um, Appalachian State just looked like a slightly better team in this situation. Chase Bryce, quarterback transfer from Clemson, 20 for 27, 259 yards and two touchdowns. He looked great. They had so many. They they rushed for um about two. I think it was like 226 yards or something. That's just you can't as a defense let it do it. But um, ECU did play um, some decent defense, decent offensive possessions, so that's a at least good. And it's a tough team. Appalachian State's a tough team. Here, here's where I'm going to disagree on a couple things. Just as the elder pirate fan on the podcast, um, Mitchell is that the running back? Keaton Mitchell. He's a beast. He was so fast. He bro- he broke away for the first touchdown of the game. And he had several other plays where he's going to be exciting. He, he is exciting to watch. Um, I don't have 
as much confidence as you do in Holton Nailers at quarterback. I don't know why. I just I haven't seen any improvement. And frankly, I haven't seen any improvement. You mentioned the defense. I haven't seen any improvement at all, really, in the whole Pirate team since Mike Houston took over a couple of years ago. The defense, to your point, Brady, looked horrendous. And I know the final score, 33-19, you're like, oh, it's not that bad. And App's a decent team. And, like, it could have been – it wasn't that close. 33-19 to is deceiving. Like, I feel like App could have scored 50 if they kept their foot on the gas. And we just didn't look like we belonged on the field with App, which is disheartening because it's, you know, no offense to App, but it's App. Like, it's not like we were getting steamrolled by a Power 5 team. Um, Aiden, Aiden, what do you think? Are the pirates can can the pirates salvage the season or are we just going to be doomed for depression? <laughs> I think it's all about momentum, and yeah, the defense. Well, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, if we would have had put up a better offense in the earlier parts of the game, we it could have been a much more exciting game. But the defense was really just getting pushed back so heavily, like it felt like they were on the end zone so much in that game and you know that's just that just really brings down the momentum of your team and you know for the offense to come back after something like that after just getting like steamrolled and then they score on us for that to happen it's and for the offense to come back out there and say well let's let's drive and let's score that's hard to do and yeah i, I uh don't really have that much confidence in holding nailers i i think that uh you know for right now, he's okay, but he's just not going to carry us to anything, uh, you know, substantial. And I think that Mike Houston has also not made any great changes to the Pirates. And I know Holt Naylor's is Brady's boy, Brady, but I, I'm not saying Holt Naylor's is a bad quarterback because he's not a bad quarterback. But I just feel like there are times, and, and maybe it's the off, just the offensive plays that are getting called, and he's just got to execute. But like, yeah, we're just lackluster on offense, and it's it's frustrating to watch. Feeling like you could have shown me a highlight from two years ago, um, and it looks the same. He doesn't look any different. Doesn't look any better, for sure, in my opinion. Uh. Let's talk uniforms real quick before we talk on some other topics. Um, I got to talk about the worst uniform I saw this weekend. Uh, there were, there were, there's two incidents that I wanted to talk about, but you know, the first one's not necessarily a bad uniform, but Indiana, uh, somebody got a talking to, maybe it's Adidas, but some, one of the Indiana players ran out of the tunnel um, and Indiana on the front of the uniform, which is embroidered and everything. These are, you know, uniforms uh, was misspelled and it was just on the one guy's uniform. Like a, it was like a practical joke, but it was misspelled. If you see our Instagram, we have a picture of it. Um, that's embarrassing, but the, the actual uniform doesn't look bad for Indiana. Uh, I'll give it that. It's not remarkable, but it's fine. Northwestern had the absolute worst uniforms. I, I don't want to exaggerate and say that I've ever seen, but I can remember seeing, I don't remember seeing a worse looking uniform in recent memory uh, than Northwestern. 
I, they had this like medieval times looking font. It looked like they were going to the Renaissance fair and it was on black and it was, I think it was gold lettering, but it just looked awful. And I guess the, the lettering has some significance. It's a, there's an archway on campus that has that lettering or whatever, but it didn't work on a uniform. It looked clownish and they played like crap. So they looked bad. They played bad. That's my pick for the worst uniform of the week. Does anyone have a contender for anything worse than Northwestern? I don't think anything is worse, but I have something that is also uh, maybe not, maybe not even equally bad, but I think was horrible. Uh, uh, Louisville uniforms. Uh, the They were all red uh, when they played on head to toe, play. head to toe cleats from the helmet to the cleats, everything. They were just like, it's, it's too much red. It's, <laughs> I don't really, I'm not a big fan of one color uniforms. And like, that's why it's just cause it looks, it doesn't look good. And then they like tried to add some texture onto the shoulders a little bit to make it look a little nicer. I just think that made it worse. So yeah, the, the uniform, their uniform just looked really bad. Yeah. It, it was like too, it was not just too much red, but they have like a bright red. And so it was like, it's an eyesore. Yeah. It was hard to look at. It was like, and then the, the helmets were shiny and chrome. And then the rest of it, like you mentioned, there's texture, there's shiny cleats. There's a bunch of red in the middle. And and, and the, the thing about the chrome helmets is you can't have a chrome helmet and then a white logo. It's, <laughs> that's too bright. <laughs> uh, Brady, did you, did any uniform stand out as being particularly bad? weekend no i got i got no more than what you have named um any good unis any 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 fire unis i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna go with a sleeper pick here that no one's talking about (laughs) because there's a lot of good jerseys but um kent state what um, they they have these all white in in yellow and they're it's really simple and it's just got like i think it looks pretty clean i don't know and they got like the the lightning bolts on their helmet, and so they're playing they're playing Texas A and M. So I watched I saw a little bit of that game. You know, I just thought you know Texas A and M may have won pretty bad, but they might have gotten that jersey, bro. I I disagree very strongly. Those look like uniforms you just like make in a sports video game. <laughs> they look they're they're pretty awful. White and yellow don't go to together very well. I don't think they're so. I don't think they're as bad as Aiden is making them out to be They're It's definitely a sleeper pick, definitely a controversial pick Brady, because I don't know if they're the best. Uh, I said, I said there, I th- we're just talking about good jerseys and I know what y'all are going to pick. So I'm going to pick something different. What are we going to pick? What are we going to pick? You're going to pick Tulane. I am going to pick Tulane. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Tulane had some great looking uniforms. So Aiden is a fan of the baby blue. And this is where he and I generally disagree because he likes UNC's uniforms, which I think are bar worthy. No. Um, but Tulane, Tulane looked really good. They mix in their, their dark green with it. Um, or I guess it's just a regular green. They've got the, the helmets with the, the wave that the cartoon wave on it. Um, I'll go with, I'm okay with you there. And it's funny because I told Aiden this weekend, UNC 
in their loss. <laughs> uh, they're on the road. They wore white jerseys with dark blue pants, and they actually looked pretty clean. And Aiden disagreed with me, but um, I, they're not clean. I, they're not clean compared to their other jerseys. I think your bias gets in the way. I'm giving them kudos. I'm giving. I actually said they look pretty good. Um, okay. Okay. Um, I'll say there, there were a couple of uniforms that I really did like. I did like Appalachians uniforms. We talked about this watching the game. They had that stupid uh, Sunbelt Conference patch that is like the biggest thing on their uniform. And so they had this really nice, clean, like the Nike logo, the small A for Appalachian in the middle, good looking numbers. It was black. And then this giant, ugly SBC patch. And it just ruined the whole thing. Otherwise, their uniforms are terrific. They have classic helmets. Um I always am a fan of the classics like Penn State. I think they're just nice and clean. They're they're simple. Um, I was a big fan of West Virginia's uniforms this past week. I thought they were, again, clean. Their their logo stands out on on their helmets. Uh, they had the blue jerseys. It just all worked for me. So, um, all right. One topic before we get into to power rankings and and predicting some games for this weekend. It's come up. It's Wednesday night here in Atlanta. And um, there's some conference realignment talk. We all know at this point, Texas and Oklahoma are jumping from the Big 12 to the SEC in a couple of years. And um, as the as with the last time with conference realignment, there's going to be a giant ripple effect as uh, these big conferences sh- shuffle around and add teams. And they're looking to uh, you know mostly look to fill those teams um from the American conference, which is the, the best of the best of the rest, if you will. And that's where East Carolina plays. Unfortunately, East Carolina continues to be crap at the wrong times. And so the big 12 is rumored to be looking at uh, three American conference teams plus BYU, but they're going to look at BYU who's independent, looking at Houston, looking at UCF in Orlando and looking at Cincinnati all those are, are having good years or have had good years recently. They're all in big TV markets. They're all very attractive. Um, all have a lot of upside. And it is rumored today that that Cincinnati is already, or maybe it's confirmed, but Cincinnati has already submitted their, their application to the Big 12. Um, it's not going to stop with the Big 12 adding these three teams, right? But let's just talk about that for a second. The Big 12, they're going to lose Texas and Oklahoma, but they're going to gain BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF. Um, where does that leave the rest? You know, what 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 are the next dominoes to fall? Well, the first thing I think of is if if three teams from the American League you have to replace the American with three new teams, or at least some new teams. Yep. Um, and, and you know, looking at it's going to probably, you know, looking at the um, AC, it's probably not going to be advertising for any leaving uh, Big 12 teams or anything. You're probably going to be looking at some other group of five teams, you know. Um, and, you know, it's just going to be, it's going to be, a, I think, I think the group of five is going to be affected a lot more than um, a lot of people are thinking. I mean, the group of five is going to, they're going to be, you know, maybe some people from Sunbelt or whatever going. Um, I say, I think there's going to be a lot. I think almost, I think all three teams actually might be the Sunbelt um, that goes and feeds into the American. It just seems like the, 
you know, most practical with like, with like the region and stuff. So, I mean, the group of five is going to be greatly impacted and, you know, I just want to see, you know, we, we want to see, you know, like um, what sort of teams, you know, change around and how these conferences look in the group of five. There's, to me, there's two schools of thought, right? The American could go and replace the three teams with, with the best teams in the country. And, and again, they're named the American conference. So they're not trying to be regionally named. Uh, and, and honestly, most conferences at this point are, are spread out. They're not necessarily regional. Um, I mean, even the SEC, we're going into, you know, Missouri and Texas. And, but um, so th- there's the thought that we could go find the next best group of five teams like, should we add Boise? Should we go after Fresno? But that's a lot of travel. Like, does, does Boise, do Boise and Fresno want to be in a conference with East Carolina and Tulane and have to travel to play conference games all the way across the country, like literally across the country? Or to Brady's point, do we just scoop up the best teams in the region, kind of raiding the Sun Belt, uh, maybe raiding Conference USA, just looking for the best teams and, and creating sort of a uh, Eastern, Southeastern, uh, you know, and maybe some Midwest I, footprint? I have one thing to point out. I've seen this a lot, um, adding – army to the american first of all fits the american name and it would have army and navy the army navy game within the american conference which i actually think would boost the american a lot i think army is an independent team so um they're definitely up for grabs and i think that i think that would be a um a good pickup for the american a good option if uh, those three teams do leave aiden what are your thoughts uh yeah i mean uh, I, I, uh, think that, uh, your, uh, thought your conference realignment thought is probably going to be a little bit more likely the travel thing is an issue, but you know, I think logistically in pretty much every other sense that would make that, I mean, that would make the most sense. Uh, I do think that Cincinnati and teams like Cincinnati and Boise state will compete very well in the power five we saw it uh last year cincinnati and georgia in a bowl game uh and cincinnati was able to keep up with georgia and that's georgia that's an sec team if they're joining the big 12 you know they can do a lot more than compete with big 12 teams they're gonna be dangerous they're gonna be dangerous big 12 teams aren't really necessarily known for being all too great and so I, th- I think having Cincinnati in that conference and then maybe having Boise state in a conference like the PAC 12 or the big 10 or big 12. Uh, I, you know, I think that those two teams, especially, and you know, other, other than that, Houston and uh, you know, UCF, I think that they, they are very big contenders. Well, it'll be interesting to keep watching on this. I mean, I think there's definitely gonna be a snowball effect and there's definitely the, the, uh, the chance that the the realignment doesn't just stop with four teams going to the big 12 and that's it. And then, you know, AAC has to figure out the rest. I mean, there are other conferences, the AAC, excuse me, the ACC might want to respond, the big 10 PAC, PAC 12. I mean, all of these conferences may, may try to add teams. uh, So it may not be over. Uh, I think one thing is clear. The SEC is, is pulling away in terms of being, 
kind of a semi-pro league at this point. Um, it's it's the SEC and everybody else. And then as we established, it's Alabama and everybody else underneath there. Maybe yeah. Georgia's close this year. But, um, all right. We're going to quickly go and uh, Aiden didn't do his homework. He doesn't have uh, he doesn't have power rankings. Brady. I think Brady's uh, are more exciting anyways. Brady's Brady's well thought out here. Let's talk about your power rankings. Let's spend like literally just a few minutes on it, though, so we can get to predictions and get this wrapped up. All right. Um, I'm mean, number 10 spot coming down for I think it was from three from last time. I've got Clemson at the number 10. Uh, they Their defense looked fine, but their their offense looked horrible. DJ did not look as good as even I expected him to look in that first game. I know it was the first game. You could say maybe he was just nervous. Maybe he had to do this. He just didn't look like, you know, the system quarterback that Trevor Lawrence was. And I just don't think he brings the same things to the table as past Clemson quarterbacks have. Um, at number nine, um, they did win, but um, I'm going to lower them down to, uh, for the moment. Iowa State. Uh, they didn't look wow. phenomenal. Um, they didn't look phenomenal. I need to see more from them this weekend before I can move them back up to that top five. You had them in the top four. I know, but they, they didn't impress. Um, but they won. They won 10 to 16 against an FCS team. Man. Yeah, when you're in the top four, it doesn't take that much to move down. But yeah, I mean, way I'm down. Gonna move them down for the moment. I'm keeping them in my top 10, though, because I, I still believe they're a good team. I should see more from them, especially this weekend in their game against Iowa. If they win this week against Iowa, do they move back up? Um, Yes. Like all the way up? Like to the top okay, four well, again? Well, you got to listen to my. To okay, my, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. All right. For, for, for me to <laughs> clarify this, at eight, I've got, I've got Penn State. Um. I know they only won one game. Um, it was against Wisconsin, but the defense looked good. It looked amazing. good. And they had some offensive sparks too. Wisconsin, we're forgetting, is like a top 10, top five defense in all of college football. And um, Penn State put up 16 against them. They had a couple of deep balls. They were picking on the safety. Um, I like what I saw these defensively, and I think Penn State's going to continue to um, be a really good team. At seven, I've got Ohio State. Um, they had a sort of tight game against uh, Minnesota, who um, were, wasn't great last year. They were good two, two years ago. Um, the quarterback doesn't uh, CJ Stroud does not look bad at all, but he just doesn't he doesn't necessarily look amazing. The uh, defense didn't necessarily look amazing either. So I've got them at the number seven spot. I still think they're a good team. At six, moving up, I got Cincinnati. Um, not, not, not a, lot, a lot of people are talking about their game. They played Miami, Ohio, which I actually think is a solid team. Um, and they looked good. They, they looked sharp. Their offense looked sharp. Their defense looked sharp. They looked like an all-around good team. They're going to be dangerous. At five, I got Texas A&M. Um, I think I had them around here, maybe a little lower. Um, they struggled at the beginning, but they looked comfortable as the game went on. And I just think they're a good team. Now, my number four spot, hear me out. I've got Iowa. Oh my God! Good Lord! So I will look Boo. great against a good, a very, a top twenty-five, number seventeen Indiana team, which they were actually um, they were barely favored by, and they they went out. And but was Indiana really? I mean, we're talking about preseason ranking number seventeen, Indiana. Okay, but last year we saw Indiana do great, and Mickey Mouse they, they fell they fell apart in the snap. I mean, I still think they're they were like a. Even I thought they were a top 25 team. And we just saw Iowa just break them apart. I mean, they're a solid team. Um, and Iowa looked good. Um, 
The defense looked good. The offense looked good, which isn't something we normally say about Iowa. I think most of the time we're talking about their really good defense. Um, at number three, I've got Oklahoma. Um, I know a lot of people move them down because Yikes. they had a high game with Tulane. Um, but in my opinion, you know, it's just one of those games where, you know, you're not, ex- I mean, Oklahoma just wasn't expecting it and it got to the best of them. They still pulled it out and they still um, looked pretty good. Other than Spencer Rattler, he's got to step up his game. He should be a Heisman candidate. And if he is a Heisman candidate, then I do think Oklahoma stays in this one to four range. We need to see more from him. But um, Oklahoma still, I think their offense is good. The defense needs to get it together if they want to stay in this top four. And number two, moving up um, from number five, we got, I got Georgia. Um, the defense looked amazing. JT, um, he didn't have an amazing game, but he looked serviceable at least. Um, and I think he'll he'll continue to shine once we get against um, some of the worst SEC off uh, defenses like Kentucky, South Carolina, um, et cetera. So um, they played a really good game, and that's going to move them up to two for now. And number one, drum roll, please. Yeah, yeah, Alabama. All right. Blah, blah, like blah. I thought, Who Bryce cares? Young looked phenomenal. Um, they absolutely tore Miami's defense part. Um, uh, and the, and the, their defense looked good as well. I mean, they're just – I mean, we're talking about a team that – I say they're slightly overrated at number 14. I still think they're probably like a, a, a top 25 team, maybe around that 20 to 25 spot. So it's, and that just like, it shows the gap between Alabama and the rest of college football right there. I mean, we're talking about one of the top teams in the nation and, and Alabama just looked like that, that like there were some middle schoolers. I mean, it, 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 it didn't look like they were in the same, like they weren't even in the same, like, it wasn't competitive at all. Close to each other skill yeah. wise. Um, yeah. And it just looked like Alabama was just, you know, such a better team and the number one spot for that obvious reason. Not surprising. All right. Well, the, so we got surprises in Iowa and Iowa State, which means next week's power rankings will be will be fun. Um well, right. I have a couple teams. Four. We know that much. I have a couple teams moving around. I didn't really do power rankings, but I could definitely say uh, Clemson, obviously, is going to move down after that loss to Georgia. And I think Georgia might actually uh, go up a couple spots. I had them at six. They might be closer up into uh, four, maybe not four, five, you know, four or five. Uh, you think Georgia's the fourth or fifth best team in the country? I, I mean, I, th- I think they're maybe, – maybe maybe I'll keep them at six for now. Wow. I, I think – You think they're that I low? Think, that low. Name, name, name five better teams in Georgia right now. Like right now, I can't name five better teams in Georgia. I can name one better team that looks better than Georgia. Georgia looked great. Yeah, they did. Well, I mean Alabama. All right, uh, Oklahoma. I'm gonna obviously. Uh, I'm gonna move them down too. I get Brady's point to, uh, you know, it might just have been a one game thing, and Tulane is also a really good team. But I think Spencer Rattler definitely has to step it up a little bit if he wants to, uh, you know. Uh, achieve uh, what people expect of them. Uh, I also have Texas A&M moving down. They did have a very convincing win against Kent State, but their quarterback, Haynes King, did not have a great game, per se. Uh, He passed for two touchdowns, but had three interceptions. And, you know, even against, you know, even though they won 41 to 10 against Kent State, 
uh, I think that, you know, that's just, they struggled a little bit offensively for a team that, you know, should be like top, you know, top six. They are usually around that area. And for a team that should be that way, they looked a little bit shaky on offense, especially at the quarterback position. All right. We're going to close out with, with rapid fire predictions. Let's we'll recap Brady. um, Brady, uh, as he would tell you is, uh, is the goat at predictions. And uh, he went eight and eight and four in week one. Um, Aiden six and six in week one. And uh, I, I came in behind at five and seven. Um, so that was disappointing, but uh, we're going to, we're going to go in and pick some games rapid fire. We're not going to spend a lot of time on analysis. We're going to wrap this up. There's a few games. We're not going to be picking in the top 25 because this week there are a lot of top 25 teams playing absolute scrubs. Like Alabama is playing Mercer. George is playing UAB. Sorry, UAB, but no. Oklahoma's playing Western Carolina. Clemson's playing South Carolina State. Like those are gimme games. Cincinnati's playing Murray State. Um, so we're not going to predict all those, but we'll start with uh, number uh, three, Ohio State, uh, hosting number 12, Oregon. Who we got? I'm going with uh, Ohio State. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you there. I saw Oregon against Fresno State. They didn't necessarily impress me too much. Uh, especially offensively. I just don't think they'll be able to keep up with a good Ohio State offense. Yeah, I think Ohio State is going to definitely take the dub over this. I, I think that Oregon's a good team, but, you know, they're just not going to do anything against Ohio State. Texas A&M hosting Colorado. Number five, Texas A&M hosting Colorado. I am going to go with Texas A&M here. I'm also going to go with Texas A&M. I, I see why you um, maybe would want to pick the upset. They didn't look great, but just overall, Texas A&M is a better team than Colorado. And that's I am going to pick the upset. I'm going to say Colorado. Oh, yes. Thank you for some I'm, controversy. I'm saying Colorado. They had a you know an all right season last year. And, you know, of course, last year was a little bit of an outlier with COVID and everything. But they did have, uh, you know, a fairly well end of their season last year. And, yeah, Texas A&M just really did not look competitive against a very non-competitive team. Number eight, Notre Dame hosting Toledo. I'm going with the Irish. Um, I actually do think Toledo will put up a good fight, but I've, I've got to go with Notre Dame here. Um, I think their offense is going to, you know, s- score a lot. Toledo did win the first game against Norfolk State, um, but just in general, you know, Notre Dame's just got better talent. Yeah. It's, it's it's not going to be yeah. that close of a game, but I think Toledo, you know, I think it'll be maybe a three position game or something. Yeah. I, I think Notre Dame is going to be a good game, but Notre Dame is going to win. All right. Um, the big one here, number nine, Iowa state, number 10, Iowa. I am going to go with Iowa. I'm picking Iowa. Listen in this game right here. Um, Iowa um, Iowa State is projected to win, um, and you know, I I hate doing this. I had Iowa in my top four in the first week, but just looking at at these two teams side by side, looking at the first game, 
Iowa's going to win the win this game, and it's not going to be close. Iowa's they they're going to they're going to. I know Iowa State is projected to win. Iowa's going to blow them out of the water. I don't think it'll be that close of a game. I think it'll maybe be two possessions of Iowa State's lucky, but Iowa just looks dominating. I think they continue to do that. I disagree heavily. I think oh, oh Iowa State <laughs> is definitely going to win this game. Had a very good season last year. I think they're going to carry it on. Uh, and yeah, I, I just didn't see too many problems with Iowa State uh, in that last game. And I don't see any reason why, if you didn't think they were going to win uh, by last week, I don't know why you wouldn't think they would win now. Because they 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 looked great in that season in that game. Did they though? They they look. I think they look great. Sixteen ten against. Oh, oh my god! We're still going to talk about that. Brock Purdy with no touchdowns. All right. I think they're beating. I think they're beating Iowa. I have it. Okay, it's on the record. All right, picks only, no analysis. The rest of the way here, Florida uh, at South Florida. I'm going Gators. 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 Okay. USC Stanford. USC. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, I'm going with USC as well. Uh, Texas uh, versus Arkansas. Texas. I'm going Texas. Arkansas. Oh, yeah, Brady? Really? Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, Arkansas's okay. They, they're they a little bit – they're doing better than they did past five years. <laughs> um, Virginia Tech. Hosting Middle Tennessee, I'm going to go with Middle Tennessee. I'm picking a, I'm picking an upset. I'm going VT, coming off a big win. I'm um, carry on the momentum. I've got, I've got Virginia Tech here. All right, all right. Well, I had to pick one. Uh, a rivalry game, number 21 Utah at BYU. I am going Cougars BYU in this one. It's, it's at their, at their place. Um, you know what? I'm agree with you here. I think BYU pulls this one off. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a pretty close game. But after losing Zach Wilson, I think, uh, I, th- I think BYU is still gonna win. But I think uh, after losing uh, Zach Wilson, it's gonna be a pretty close game. Miami versus App State. I'm picking App State, guys. I'm picking App State. I'm picking App State too. I was about to say. I'm. I'm picking the U. Okay, trendy pick. But I think App State's gonna gonna pull that one off. Arizona State, UNLV. Uh, I'm gonna go Arizona State here. Please go Arizona State. UNLV is atrocious. <laughs> yeah. Sun Devils for sure. Uh, UNC dropped to number 24 in the AP poll versus Georgia State. I unfortunately am going Tar Heels here. Yeah, kind of a uh, no-doubter. Anybody anybody disagree with Tar Heels on that one? You know what? Give me Georgia State in this game. Okay. Oh, um, love it. Something something gives me the feeling that, you know, Georgia State's going to pull this one off. I that would be, be awesome. That would be amazing. It would be awesome. Uh, Friday night, uh, Coastal Carolina, number 17, Coastal Carolina at Kansas. Uh, I, I think Coastal takes care of business. It's kind of funny. Kansas is just so bad. Kansas is the worst Power 5 team. They're worse than I would say the majority of uh the worse than Dandy five D one teams. They're they're worse yeah. than Vandy. Okay. Worse than Duke? One hundred percent worse than Duke. This is, this, is how, this is how you know that they're the worst power five team. 
They raided the field after beating South Dakota 14 to 17. <laughs> it's the first time they've won in like two years. That's uh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All um, right. All in right. their yeah, opening Coast- game against a scrub team, usually you'd have a lot of attendance. They didn't even have half their stadium. Um, who wants to go watch them? Who wants to go watch them? Especially play a scrub team. Point. Exactly. So, all right. Gonna, all right. So, Coastal, Coastal, Coastal Carolina wipe. Yep. Coastal. Coastal. All right. And, and the game of the weekend, South Carolina traveling to uh, East Carolina in Greenville. And uh, I'm picking Pirates, guys. I'm going. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm going with my Give me heart. ECU. Give me ECU. South Carolina is pretty atrocious as an SEC school. Give me ECU. I love it. I love the fact that we're in, in solidarity around ECU. Uh, all right. Next week, we'll we'll walk through these picks. Uh, we have a, a good slate of games. Uh, and hey, fellas, is Shambly going to win this week? Yes, yep. sir. Shambly Bulldogs? Okay. That, that's all I needed to hear. Uh, thanks for tuning into the Pylon Pylon. This is uh, your week one recap, week two predictions. Uh, we'll be here next week. Uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter, follow us uh, wherever. Look for us wherever. We'll, we'll probably have something wherever. Uh, I'm Will. This is Aiden and Brady. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, y'all. See ya. This has been the Pylon Pylon. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe so you can hear every episode as it comes out each week. And follow us on Instagram where you can talk smack and agree or disagree with our predictions and analysis. See you next time.